everybody. This is the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Austin. And this is, uh, I'm, I'm freshly back from uh, my sabbatical, if you will, uh, the, the week I took off to go uh, spend some time uh, volunteering, uh, molding and shaping the minds of America's youth, uh, teaching teaching marching band camp for a week, um, <clears throat> which I talked, you know, to some degree right about in our uh in our last episode, uh, kind of talking about, you know, what I've done and, and what got me to that point. So it was a really cool opportunity. Uh, always cool to work with the kids. Uh, that program is a great program. Um, the gentlemen that, that I got to work with are some very talented individuals as well, uh, in that realm. And it was just really, really nice to, um, unplug, you know, I spent a lot of time out in the sun, uh, getting lots of vitamin D, uh, I walked around barefoot a whole hell of a lot, even, you know, at the, the heckles of the, uh, of the kids and some of the other staff members. Cause you know, walking through field lining chalk and, and spray paint on the field and stuff like that. And, um, being touching grass, getting based, you know, it was, uh, it was really cool. You know, I, I missed, uh, being home. I missed, you know, the wife and, and the dogs and everything like, but it's only a week. It's not that big a deal. And it's a real, it's like a long enough break from reality, so to speak, to kind of like re like reset, you know, um, we did actually, we did have internet up there, but the problem with the internet at the camp is like, you get really good internet. And then after like the first half day there, somehow somebody's parent that's volunteering gets it. And then they give the password to one of their kids, which then means that all like 150 kids get it which means no one has internet then and it moves slower than dog shit uh until about like 1 30 or 2 o'clock in the morning when the kids are finally all asleep and the network isn't quite so bogged down but so that was my that was my week um really cool to be back um i have another really uh fun episode for you guys interesting episode enlightening episode um this week i i have fred or as you guys may know uh know him uh counting coup tactical llc on instagram uh fred works with spiritus systems which if you're listening to this podcast you're probably very very aware of spiritus systems uh he is their uh director of r&d he's also a 20 plus year air force vet did multiple deployments to uh iraq afghanistan uh syria you know all kinds of stuff very very insightful uh he's seen a lot he's he's been through a lot he's experienced a lot so uh, I was very happy to be able to sit down and get some of his time. As you can imagine, he's really, really busy with what he's doing with work and family and whatnot. Um, but it was cool, really cool to sit down and talk to him. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy our conversation here. Uh, but before I get over to that, my, you know, my chat with Fred, as always, I do have to thank our presenting sponsor here at the prepared mindset. This is a, you know, sponsored podcast, uh, eclipseholsters.com guys. Uh, we partner with eclipse. They are a wonderful, wonderful company. If you guys are looking for a quality holster to retain your firearm, and something Fred and I talk about is retention uh, for magazines and things uh, in our in our conversation. But if you're looking for a good holster, retention in a good holster is paramount. You have to be able to secure the firearm, all right? Whether that's by the trigger guard or by the weapon light, you know, uh, or by some other means that I'm not aware of, but you have to be able to secure the weapon, right? And you have to be able to carry comfortably, and you have to be able to be able to carry confidently knowing that, uh, you know, that, that the holster itself isn't going to cause a malfunction or put you in any more danger than you normally would be using a firearm uh, by shoddy craftsmanship or, or poor, poor materials or whatever may have you. 
not a problem with Eclipse holsters. Additionally, right, they hooked us up with a discount code, prepared mindset, all one word. It's going to save you 20% off your order. They make amazing Kydex holsters and mag pouches. We, uh, I actually got my ambassador box from them when I was away at band camp. Uh, all kinds of good stuff in there. I now have a dump pouch um, uh, on my battle belt. They sent one of those over. Uh, Blake will probably not be happy to hear about that, but um, I have it for the upcoming class I'm taking next month. I'm going to run it. I'm going to see how I like it and you know go from there with it uh also got a couple new holsters uh for the new uh the sig p365 you know we got a couple guys here on the team that carry that uh might also make its way over to a giveaway who knows um all kinds of good stuff uh some some new cleaning solution and things like that uh eclipse has a ton of stuff on the site again our discount code prepared mindset it's going to save you 20 percent off the order regardless of what you're grabbing so maybe you need some cleaning oil maybe you need a concealed carry belt Maybe you're looking to get into a new color holster or a new patterned holster or uh, something outside the waistband for, you know, a family member that's learning to shoot. Or um, I have a friend that just picked up her, uh, you know, her first, uh, not really her first, but a new pistol, right? A Sig P320. Eclipse has her covered. Send her over the discount code. Said, hey, you got questions? Let me know. <clears throat> These guys will absolutely take amazing care of you. Best holster you ever have. Go check it out. One more time, you guys. Prepared mindsets are code. 20% off is what you get to save. Cool. All right. So now we're through all that, and I'm going to get you folks on over to my discussion with Fred. Here we go. Fred, how are you, sir? Good. Man, I appreciate you taking the time. I'm excited to have you on. Uh, I've, I've actually been following your stuff on Instagram for a long time, uh, so I was very happy we were able to you know, get some time together, sit down and, and have a, have a little chat, uh, about everything really. Um, anything and everything, anything and everything. That's right. <laughs> uh, let's start, um, like I do with pretty much all my guests. Can you go ahead and just introduce yourself to listeners, talk a little bit about yourself and we're going to we'll jump right in. Well, my name is Fred. I identify as man or dude, <laughs> whatever. Um, to point that out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess it is these days. We actually had a well, side story. Yeah, we had incidents at Spiritus where that had come up with customer service stuff. And it was oh man, it was bad. Yeah, but uh, reaching. yeah, it's just like I'm sorry. Uh, you you sounded like a man. I apologize. You know, kind of shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, uh, <laughs> which which in a past life they were, so they were correct. But anyway, um, but yeah, uh, I joined. I graduated high school 2000 joined uh, the Air Force right after uh, and middle of the pipeline, uh, 9-11 happened. And so uh, spent the last 20 years, 20 plus years uh, doing that gig, bouncing all over the world, um, Afghanistan multiple times, Afghanistan multiple times, <laughs> uh, Iraq a couple times, uh, Syria a couple times, Somalia, uh, all, all, the, all the different shenanigans in between. Um, uh, and, and that's all I had known uh, pretty much my entire, entire adult life. It, 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 you know, controlled everything you did. Uh, even yeah. with family, you know, even with family. Um, uh, I've heard this said multiple, multiple times, but, you know, even with family, uh, your focus was 100% on work. And sometimes, or some parts of it is because um, you know, you want to come home alive in one mm -hmm. piece. 
but there's also the other part of it, which is, uh, you know, you, you love it. You thrill seek, you know, you, 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 uh, cannot wait until the next deployment to get over there and do your thing. Uh, but then when you're over there also, there, it's quite the conundrum, if you will. But when you're over there, you're also like, man, I fucking miss my family, you know? So it's a really weird thing. You're home with your family and you miss being over there. And when you're over there, you miss being with your family. Uh, but yeah, that, that has been, uh, the focus of my entire adult life. And then I retired last year in April. Congratulations. Um, yeah. And in between my, uh, transition, uh, I had linked up with spirit of systems while I was a team leader looking for equipment, some kind of a uh, specialty stuff that was needed. Um, and I had looked at this guy who was one of the owners and I was like, I fucking know this dude from somewhere, but my brain really sucks. Like it me figured out. Yeah. Yeah. You meet thousands of people over fucking 20, 20 years. Um, and then one day, uh, he posted on Instagram on a spiritist page his bunk at a location that I was with him at. And I was like, I know that fucking room. So like, that was, that was, a, yeah, that was the scout platoon's room, which was right next to our room in Bars Batal. And I had messaged him, um, but it was on the Spiritus page. So I don't know if, at the time if he was checking that shit. And I was like, hey, man, were you in Bars Batal? Never got a reply. Uh, but the second time that I went to do a follow-up with our equipment thing, I was like, hey, man, have you been to Bars Batal? And he's like, yeah, I was there. <laughs> I was like, cool, man. I, I was there, too, you know, at this time frame you know, I'm pretty sure you were there. It's like, oh yeah, cool. And then it just kind of went on. And then the, the third time that we met or whatever, I guess it clicked for him. And he, he was, he was thinking about it in between. He was like, fuck, I do know that guy. He was that air force guy. And he actually had a bunch of video of us, me and him, mm -hmm. uh, when we were doing like counter sniper stuff, uh, you know, there's big firefight and shit. And there was, uh, there's actually some of it on YouTube. Somehow I got, put out there somehow we got put out there uh but it was me and him like me spying and him looking for shooters and shit and it was pretty funny i was like yeah uh i knew i i knew i knew you we were there together uh, kind of thing um there was actually another dude that was at spiritus that was with both of us there as well so uh but regardless like with that and and with the way spiritus had treated us um as guys coming in with open hands trying to look for stuff. Mm -hmm. I was like, I got to work for these folks, you know? And I just put it out there. It's like, I don't give a shit what I do. You know, I just, I need to work with you guys. So like you're on the right track with um, not just the way they're going with equipment, but how they treat their customer, whoever that is, military, yeah. law enforcement, and civilians. And at the time that was when Spiritus was getting a lot of shit, you know, a lot of shit talkers on the on the Instagrams about like you know whatever they jacked their prices up for this and and what oh all the nonsense. I, think I, I think I remember that now. Yeah, yeah, and it's like uh, <clears throat> the company is like thirty people. You know, like that was that that's what it was. That was the big one. It's like always out of stock kind of thing. It's like yeah, the company's thirty folks. You know, serving a lot of fucks. You know, there's, there's a lot of people that want those, that stuff yeah. and there's only 30 people there. and then within the last year what people don't understand is uh, Spiritus actually blew up and uh, hired a lot of people and it's really really rare when now when you find things that are out of stock there and it's kind of weird mm -hmm. uh, and folks are just 
I say this microwave age, but even that's old. It's like the iPhone age, like everything needs to be right now. Yeah, you want it now. It now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, I place an order, my order goes into this microwave and then I hit two seconds and pop, I get my LV-119 completely set up. Um, like, no, uh, things have to be built. You know, there's there's humans that actually put shit together. And then well, it's always, it and it's always the guys that, you know, already have a setup. Right. They already got their, right. their load up, but they're like, oh, you know, I, man, I, I really need it in Tropic or, you know, Multicam Black or, or Splatter or something dumb. And it's like, <laughs> do you really like, is it really worth, you know, going and being a Karen and uh, trying to put the company on blast? Like, come on, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, it's really, really weird what people get upset about these days. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, even when I was in the military, we were very much ad hocing things like we would rummage through some shit and find a pouch like oh this is perfect can we put it on there you know it, it wasn't like we, we weren't buying our own shit back in the day we were just um you know not not stealing but getting back things that that we would <laughs> would want um and then like i remember like tactical taylor was one of the first companies that i remember that was actually putting out these this decent stuff um and like i still i still have my tactical taylor ship my first few deployments uh, and it's still, it's still functioning really, really well. I have, I have a couple of pieces. My buddy who was a, uh, he was a tack P, uh, in Benning for six years. And he gave me a box full of shit. He's like, look, dude, I'm going to throw this away. The wife wants it gone. Like, do you want this? So I got like, I got a chest rig, a couple of like GP pouches and stuff. That's probably at least 10 years has to be at least 10 years old at this point. Yeah. Stuff's in great shape. Not like it's wearing out anytime soon. Nope. You know, it's not like super high speed because it's a lot of it's just like molly paneling and you know basic pouches nothing flashy but like it's bomb proof yeah well, that stuff was solid i wore his stuff for like three or four deployments or something and every now and then it'd make it way back out like maybe i should try this again but things were were starting to get the war machine was picking up and like companies yeah. were picking up on it and, and things were getting better and better yeah and i think that what spirit is doing is I mean, outstanding honestly you know the the quality goods um the innovation right the the ideas behind it um so it i mean i, I remember we were talking about people complaining about stuff being out of stock and uh i mean everything goes in and out of stock it's the last two years right you know covid and everything it's been a huge uh you know goat rope for lack of a better term to try and buy a whole kit set up at once you just you can't get materials you can't get parts or you can get some but not all and everyone's dealing with it i think you know to your point people just need to calm the fuck down a little bit and just buy what you can buy save your money it'll be there in a couple weeks just spread it out i understand but you know um so what is what's your role exactly with with spiritus what are you doing there uh so i am the director of uh research and development right now so um basically where it all starts uh, whether it's myself and Adam uh, thinking of a concept that we need to go in. Uh, and a lot of that, uh, like we still have connections in uh, certain agencies or certain units and stuff that, that uh, give us a little intel on what's going on in the world and what they're seeing. Sure. And then you have your news sources and stuff. And I mean, it's a lot of it is OSINT type stuff, you know, really out there overt type stuff of, of where war may be going. Um, and we try to steer the company in that direction of like, uh, not, not just worldwide, but, uh, domestically as well with law enforcement and 
government oversight and all this bullshit. Um, you know, and we try to see like, okay, you know, the day of direct action missions where we completely dominate the entire country and air, you know, air power is, is all on our, on our side. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to airlift guys straight to the target, do a hit and come back and be ready for midnight chow. Uh, that's going to go away, you know, uh, and, and the next fight is going to be something not booger eater bug type thing. It's going to be a little <laughs> bit, it, even if it's not as extreme as direct near peer, it's going to be something closer to that. Uh, and so supply chains might not be a thing, you know, um, it might very well be, Hey, uh, first Marine division, you're going to head Northwest until you can't anymore. And, you know, you get supply stuff. You might, I don't know. Uh, so sustainment is going to be a critical thing. And that's how we started switching focus strictly on plate carriers and, 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 uh, placards and stuff and started moving into, uh, you know, split chest rigs and then moving into LBVs and LBEs and things where an individual soldier can sustain 72 hours or whatever that is uh, with ammunition and food uh, uh, in order to sustain that fight. Um, whether people want to believe it or not, something is going to pop off that's going to be different than what we're used to. We are 20 years of counterinsurgency stuff and we're so fucking used to that shit. Yeah. And the and we're so in the belief that three magazines and a hand grenade and maybe a radio is going to solve all problems because we have gunships and artillery and, you know, QRF and in all four directions. And that's just not going to be the case for the next one. <laughs> no, and I mean, it's kind of the same situation we found ourselves in pre-Vietnam, right? We were so conditioned mm-hmm. to a certain uh, <clears throat> style, I guess, of warfare or a certain way of doing things that when we had to all of a sudden change, right. Then it's like, then you go through a grand period of adjustment and having to refigure everything out and at the expense of people on the ground dealing with it. Right. So, <clears throat> you know, I think that's, that's awesome that you guys are, I guess, uh, looking at through that lens, right. Trying to see what's, what's next, how to be, it's hard to be ahead of the curve. I feel like stuff like this changes so often. Right. Um, but at least anticipate, as much as you can and try and offer a good solution for that, both on the military side, as well as civilian, you know? Um, And I think that one of my favorite things, honestly, is, is honestly what you do, the, uh, the product development and stuff, the uh, how well thought out some of these things are, you know, the modularity with, I I run a, was the Mark four, the chest rig, right? Mm -hmm. The expander wings, uh, the accessories, the flaps, like you can build it however you need it. And it's not like a permanent change. You know what I mean? Like where you're ordering it online, you it's stitched together that way. And if you find out when you get it, you need something different. You don't have to buy a whole new one. You can just buy another piece, swap it out, change it, configure it for whatever you're doing. Yeah. Um, and that kind of gets into this next thing, which I wanted to talk about, because you talk a lot on your social media, you know, about, uh, well, a lot of things, honestly, but uh, like gear considerations and, and how to, you know, configure gear or how you should be using things. And uh, I feel like a lot of people end up in that situation, you know, where they, they buy gear because some YouTube personality or influencer tells me, you got to have this. It's sick. And then people actually use it and realize like, Nope, that's not what you needed. That's not what's going to help you. It's not what you need. Kind of like we mentioned the three magazines and a hand grenade, like, and then you're good to go. Cause that's everybody ran forever. It was three, three fucking magazines. And now people are realizing, well, you know, that old bulky, uh, 
chest rig from tactical Taylor or or velocity, right. That holds 10 might be a better choice for you. If that's what your, you know, what your, uh, your mission set, uh, dictates or, or what you need to do. Right. So how did, how did this whole social media thing, at least for you, right. How did that come about with wanting to, I mean, basically teach, right. You're, you're spreading a lot of information. So the same time that, you know, that my last uh, probably six months in the military, they kind of left me alone. Um, I, I had a mate, I, I hate to, I had made a name of my, for myself and, and I was pretty well known in the community. Um, you know, I was pretty burned the fuck out. And I luckily had a really good friend that was, you know, the chief at the time or the, or, uh, uh, the ops, ops chief at the time. And he was just like, fuck off, like, go take care of your shit, you know, like, (laughs) uh, so I just came in every now and then, whatever, uh, but I took care of a lot of stuff that I needed to take care of, like, uh, you know, all the out processing shit they needed to do, which is quite literally fucking heinous. They need to make a military unit that does that only, like, they grab a soldier, like, buy you, former unit, whoever the fuck you were, you don't need this guy anymore, he's leaving. And they just coddle him and get him out of the military. I mean, it's pretty heinous, but uh, so I, I was able to do that. But at the same time, I always had this good buddy of mine that was on team. He was like, dude, uh, you know, Instagram is way better because I was on Facebook and I had I was on there at the time, one for family stuff, but two, I was making a bunch of funny videos and shit, oh, yeah. uh, kind, kind of mocking uh, people's problems, if they will. And they're not problems. <laughs> they're they're just fucking things that people need to yeah, people things that people need to bitch about. Um, but I was just making fun of that stuff. Anyway, so I was like, fine. So I was like, I'll, I'll make an Instagram page. And I got on there with the intent of just, again, spreading funny shit. And then I started like following all these tactical channels and, and, and all this stuff. And like how, how like 180 it had come or it, it is, I don't even know how to put it. Like, no, we don't, we don't do that anymore. Like that, that was debunked back in the nineties. Like that's not a revolutionary thing. Now that, that yeah. was done, tried and proven wrong. And we adjusted. <clears throat> so I kept seeing all these things. I'm like, no, fuck, please. No. And I'm just like losing my mind. I was like, all right, um, I got to do something. So I started the second channel and uh, w- with the title that I have now and uh, started just initially posting like kind of inspirational shit mm-hmm. um because realistically like you know you see a lot of people complain about stuff online and it's like it's not that bad we're, we're all good you know i get it the world's coming to the end it's going to come to the end the next year and then the next year is going to come to an end again and then in 10 years we're going to say it's going to come in into an end like it's always coming to an end every year uh, right it's, it's gonna be fine um so it was more of a like hey um it, less crude a little bit a little bit more thought out but it's like shut the fuck up get up and go do your shit you mm-hmm. know, get up in the morning shut up and go do your job go go to work go train do whatever um and then i started to find um you know find out things that were not being talked about and kind of things that you know a good not even a team leader but a good like uh team mate 
would do for a new guy. So if a new guy came onto the team, you know, he's gone through selection all the shit. Um, so he knows how to pack a rucksack or blah, blah, blah. But there's all these little things that you don't learn in school because it's not part of the curriculum, but that these senior guys, seasoned guys had figured it out. And like, those are the things that, that the kids, if you will, need to know when they come to team, mm-hmm. they got the basics, you know, they know how to load a magazine or whatever the fuck, but there's an easier way to load magazines quicklier, more quicklier. So here's how you do that. And that's where like the big brother teammate kind of shit talked about. So, and that's, I was like, all right, I'll do that shit. I'll do all these yeah. little things that it's not really talked about. It's not taught. You can't find in the Ranger handbook or all this shit. Um, and we'll get after that. And that, and that's where it kind of, uh, really blew up, um, all, all the little tips and tricks that that's not really, uh, talked about outside of the teams and all that shit. Uh, and, and then eventually, like, I was, I would like to start getting into, um, more intensive training type things. Um, but less, not, not necessarily less, uh, specific stuff, but, you know, more profound things, but also like, you know, Hey, on an ambush, you also want to look for this stuff kind of thing and not just, you know, on your rifle, make sure you put an earplug in your, in your barrel, uh, a little bit more profound things, but that's, that's going to take some time because, you know, right now it's just me with a fucking iPhone. So. Yeah, no, but I mean, it's all good information. And I know kind of like what you were saying, there's, there's a healthy amount of information out there. That's great for people, right? There's, there's certainly dudes that are, you know, uh, doing good work, spreading good information and stuff, but dude, there's, there's so many more that like you're saying, spreading outdated shit, or, um, they just repeat what the last guy told them regurgitating, uh, stuff that, Hey, maybe it did work for them, but you know, maybe like you said, there's a better way to load the magazine or it's faster or, you know, different benefits and, uh, you know, context, I think lends itself in almost all those discussions because it's one of the things that absolutely kills me, right. Is these dudes on these discussions on, on threads and things. And I know you've been involved in some, I've been involved in some where guys like, Nope, you gotta do it this way. And it's like, dude, no, yeah, or you're going to die. Yeah. It's like, no, I mean, you could, you could do it a lot of different ways. Like there's pros and cons to everything. And there's probably a reason why you do it this way. You know, um, it's stuff like, I mean, CQB, that's like the new hotness right now. Right. Like everyone wants to do CQB. Everyone wants to, I mean, it is, it, it looks cool on video and oh, super fun, uh, you know, but it's, there's so much nuance around it, right? Like so many different reasons why you would want to do things one way versus another versus, and then even a bigger list of like, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. You see this in the movies. Don't ever do that. You know, like all that shit. And I feel like that's, that's the stuff that people need to like get exposed to if they're going to realistically think that they can like defend their homes or their families. Right. Um, you know, and I just, I don't even, I feel like people in a lot of cases don't even know where to start, you know, where to go to find uh, a good source for this. I feel like that's where a lot of your stuff comes in or where I found it on a lot of different things that like, I just, I would never have thought to think about it. Um, <clears throat> you know, commun- nonverbal communications, right? I was watching one of your videos, I don't know, a couple of days ago or today or something, you know, it was like, Hey, if you're, if your barrels up versus down or all this stuff, like, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it's like, that could be sending a cue to somebody and you don't realize it. 
unless you know this, think about that, right? What is, you know, are you ready to do something like that? Um, I think that's even, that's probably most applicable in CQB, right? Um, but just the information out there, it's like not, it's just not well thought out in a lot of instances. It's not, uh, it's very compartmentalized, you know, without, and without context. I, I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think probably about 90% of the bad information that's put out is solely on the individual needing something to, uh, to stand out, to, to kind of promote their, yeah, whatever, okay. their, their business, their ego, their title, whatever it is. Um, so they need something like, <laughs> I can't remember the video, the, the drill is this guy is down, which he's not really down because he's sitting on the ground and they run up to the guy and they fire like rounds at the steel target, which they're within like fucking 10 meters of. That's smart. Um, yeah. And then, and then, you know, after you fire the two rounds, they do their awesome little side to side check, really not looking for anything. And then they grab this dude with the handgun still in their hand and drag him. And then, and then the guy will blow the whistle and they drop the dude and then they engage the target again and then do their little, not even a 360 check, which I, not sure if they know, but like the planet is 3D and like it's in all directions. So threats could literally be fucking anywhere. Right. right. But they just look side to side and then they scoop this guy up again with the fucking handgun in their hand. I'm like, no, guys. Um, that was one of the first things I, I found when I, when I started when I started carrying a gun and shooting. I mean, like years ago. Right. Was that uh, range ninja shit where it's like, you yeah. know, fill drill. And then you pull back into your compressed, like, I don't know what you call it, compressed position, right? And then check left, check right. And then like the super slow, like, like exaggerated reholster. Yeah. And I feel like that's what people in a lot of instances, depending on who they learn from or where they went for their CPL class, that's what they think they need to do. Well, it's crazy that like, you know, we're already, <laughs> the government has given up on UFOs because we have so much video. And, but we still we we have so much video in these crude fucking uh, drills and companies that are promoting this shit, but we can't like get rid of them. They still show up. They still show up in YouTube and like like they're amazing. Like they are self promoting their shit as like this is amazing, right? Look at us. How guys? The government has come out and said there's UFOs. How can we not crush these companies that are just putting literally putting open enrollment students at danger? Like it's fucking dangerous. It's dangerous to pull, put a loaded handgun under the arms of another individual and try to drag them off the range that you don't need to train that contingency. When a guy goes down, all you need to know is eliminate the threat before you even go after that dude, you eliminate the threat and then you holster your weapon and then you treat the individual. Like yeah. you're not going to sit there and drag a dude while there's still a threat out there. Like, it just blows my mind. It's hard. Like more people need to fucking find these companies and keep exploiting them. I and mean, be like, stop. And, and it's not, it's not a, uh, what do they call it? Like when they just start smashing people for no reason or whatever. The oh, fuck. it's like, uh, like cancel, canceling people. Yeah, or whatever. Get, can, yeah. It, it's not canceling them because what they're doing is fucking dangerous. It's dangerous. That is not a good course to go to. You're going to have one, even if they're doing the right thing, you know, having yeah. their finger, not on the trigger guard, but right above it. But mm -hmm. imagine trying to grab somebody. 
you know, like your entire hand's going to tense up and who knows if that trigger finger is just going to slip in there and something bad is going to like, it, is it that important to teach yeah, someone how to drag somebody? Yeah. And that's assuming that you're somebody that, that practices and trains enough that you have that level of trigger discipline, you know, that you're just going to be able to do that. And you know, to your earlier point, like if someone's actually shooting at you, I don't know too many folks that are going to take a round or something. And like, I'm just going to sit up. Yeah. Just they were all sitting up shot in the fucking face. <laughs> I would like, yell at the dude like, hey, you're sitting, crawl towards me, you fucking idiot. Yeah, like lay on your back, lay on your chest, like get flat. I don't know, <laughs> something. You you're at a very convenient shooting height right now. Stop it. You know, yeah. and then uh <clears throat> there's again, and there's probably even better ways to to manage that whole situation. Well, it's dependent, right? Like uh for sure. Yeah. I, I watched your video on the uh the tubular nylon, which I, I did have to watch it like three or four times to figure out how you run that all through like the legs and everything. But I was like, holy shit at the time. Like I didn't have any of that shit in my bag or anything. Like I, I, I figured it out and ordered it like 20 minutes later, went on Amazon, found like a roll of it. Like I need to have this, like yeah. there's gotta be at least if nothing else for this, but there's definitely shit like that ends up being useful in a ton of other ways. But yeah, I mean, I've used it when I went walking out the, uh, every now and then we'll, we'll clear the woods out here because my, uh, we have a community here that hunts and they hunt fox and, and coyotes on horses and shit over here. And I'll yeah. carry tuber nylon because I can move fucking gigantic logs with this thing. So there's like six of us and like tuber nylon. And I do the same fucking type of uh, litter system to set off the side, roll the log on top of it, and pick it up, move it out of the fucking way. Like I carry that shit all everywhere, all the time. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I my I, my buddy um, had told me, like, "Yeah, man, that's good stuff. Like, you should you should pick some up." I was like, "I ah, yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna use it. I don't know what I would use it for." And then I found the video. I'm like, "Oh, that makes that makes fucking sense." You know, yeah. it's cheaper than than paying for one of the actual. Uh, I know you can get like pre stitched like nylon litters and stuff, but obviously, kind of limited application, right? So, uh, with this, like you said, you logs or whatever else, uh, and, and besides, there's you know tons more than that, but. Um, yeah, I mean, at any rate, yeah, there's, there's so much like bad crap out there. Um, that's just like one example, you know, um, or even, even more specifically guys that just want to shill for companies that make total crap gear because yeah. they got it for free or, you know, I, and I've, you know, uh, I've been victim of that. Not lately, but I, I did when I was well trying to learn, right. Didn't know where to go. I've definitely wasted money on steel armor. <laughs> I've wasted money on Rothko plate carriers. <laughs> I've wasted money on crappy, a lot of crappy, crappy optics, honestly, which I think is kind of open interpretation. But um, I do like that you address some of those things. Uh, I mean, at least the best of your ability and not everyone's going to buy the same shit or anything like that. But, you know, um, and you actually shoot a lot of these guys, uh, you know, that I watch videos. It's like, yeah, I man, I need to buy this. This is sick. Check this out. End of video. And it's like, uh, why, you know, uh, why I need to have this scope mount or why it's beneficial to, to mount my red dot above my scope versus on a 45. Uh, is there a reason for it? Is it personal preference? Um, you know, pros, cons, disadvantages, uh, instead of just going, Hey man, this company, I don't know, whoever reptilia or whoever, right. They sent me this mount for free. So I'm going to push it. I think that's probably one of the biggest issues right now with, at least with social media is, you know, you said poor training, right? Like we were just talking about, but then just, you know, inundating people with, you need this, you need this, you need this, you need this. I don't think that's really necessary. 
um, I think guys get really bogged down, which is adding shit until they carry it. Then they can't carry it, you know, like plate carrier with the, and I, and I like what you guys offer at Spiritus, the whole, uh, what is it? It's like zippers, right? Where you can put on back panels and everything for different situations. Yep. And guys will load that shit up. It's awesome, but they can't do anything with it. And it's like, do you go to the gym, go work out. Um, do you need all of that? Well, yeah. I mean, do you have somebody that's, uh, do you train with a team that has a breacher? Is that what you need? You know, I mean, and that's not a dig at Spiritus. It's just like guys don't understand what they do and don't need. And at some point you don't understand, right? Like you're probably doing yourself more of a disservice by just wasting your money on that and not putting your assets where they need to be, to be effective, like food or communications. There's one, right? I think that's pretty critically overlooked. Um, and it's just, it's because it's difficult, right? It's something you actually have to learn. You can't just do it over and over until you figure it out. Um, you actually have to understand how radios work. And it's not sexy either. Yes. Yeah, it's it's not really fun. not. Uh, I, I have my ham radio license and it was probably the least fun thing that I've done in this, uh, in this space in a while to try and yeah. like teach myself how I can make that all work. Um, and it's even harder because none of my buddies want to do it. So, I mean, I don't think we should have the regulations around it personally, but no, you're definitely breaking a law by transmitting without it. I, I understand why they do for, you know, emergency services or air traffic control type stuff. Okay. That makes sense. But, uh, and, and it seems really dumb uh, until you actually make comms with like some dude in fucking Japan, you know, doing yeah. HF stuff. And you're like, holy shit. Like uh, this thing is crazy. Like, yeah, it's H it's not even a SATCOM. It's no, not it's even just... SATCOM radio. It's just HF radio. And you're talking to some dude in Japan or Australia or whatever. Uh, and then I think that's where people, it's just an educational thing. You get some expert that like brings them in allows them to like set it up the way they're supposed to, but through a class and all that shit. And then, at, you know, at the end of the day, they make comms with some dude in Fiji and, uh, and they're like, wow, that's fucking crazy. And like, yeah, it's that easy. It really is that easy. Uh, it's just a matter of gaining your attention for just a moment, if you will. Dude, that's, you know, that's the tough part, honestly, is getting people to focus more than 15 minutes at a time. Yeah. It's, yeah that, that's all it takes. Yeah. Well, and that's why even this podcast, you know, I stopped doing episodes for the most part over 90 minutes because like, just look at the analytics shit trails off so hard after that. And the only thing I can figure out is that, I mean, I know a people's attention spans are way shorter than they used to be, but B, I think 90 minutes to two hours is approximately where a lot of people have their gym sessions, at least it is, you know, that's when they listen to it. I have no idea. I have no one to figure it out other than that through my, my own personal experiences in the workplace. And with social media, people have super short attention spans. So if I can't learn it in 15 minutes, a ma- greater majority are just going to swipe, you know, next thing, next video, next point, yeah. next whatever, for better or for worse, right? And I think that's where they miss the, like I was saying, you know, uh, the context um, and, and considerations around a lot of stuff in this space, you know, uh, why you shouldn't have a plate carrier or why you should have a chest rig. Why, you know what I mean? Um, people don't look into that enough. And again, it's not like a sexy conversation. Everyone wants a plate carrier, but you don't really understand. Well, why do you need one? I don't say that like you shouldn't own one. I say it like, why do you need to have one versus maybe it makes more sense to have a chest rig. 
don't buy a crappy steel plate carrier like I did and waste like 200 bucks, right? Between the crappy plates and the crappy carrier when I could spend 200 bucks on a pretty good chest rig that's going to serve me better. You know, um, you should always have armor, you know, in the spectrum somewhere. Uh, obviously it's more expensive, so it's going to be in the latter, the latter end, but you shouldn't wait to the bitter end just to get a plate carrier. Yeah, I know that blows people's fucking minds. Um, man, I had, speaking of company or, or I don't know if they're a company, but YouTube groups that shill their way to just promote things that suck. Uh, I had, I tried my bestesses, if you will, uh, to, to kind of help this group of individuals. And they, they couldn't, they, they would just take whoever would send them free shit. And they would do a video on it, and et cetera, et cetera. But these guys had zero combat experience, nothing, absolutely nothing. Uh, a few of them had been or were in the military at the time, um, but they had zero, you know, actions on any kind of time, whatever. Uh, and it, they would just lose their mind anytime we as spiritists would talk about, like, you don't need a plate carrier. They're like, I wouldn't go into combat without a play carrier. Like, well, guess what? I have many, 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 many times. Many times I got into combat with no fucking plates whatsoever. It's just a matter of your terrain. Um, you know, you know what, what kind of distance you need to cover, what other equipment you have to carry. Um, mm -hmm. You know, some other things that people won't consider, which doesn't really matter on the civilian side of it, like, uh, making weight on your helicopter, like a helicopter can only pick up so much shit. You know, it has to make. Oh yeah, yeah. it has to make a, a decision on like, do we carry more fuel or do we carry more weight? You know, what is that? Obviously, the less fuel we can take, the less the further there, the less distance we can go. So if you're going to go roll heavy, then you know we can't stick around because typically a helicopter would land, let you guys out, and then it'll go loiter and wait to make sure you guys are good to go. And if you are, then it'll take off. Well, if we don't have a lot of fuel, we just got to leave. And if you make contact, you know, well, you're yeah. fucked for 20 yeah. minutes. So, yeah. Um, so sometimes we just wouldn't take plates to reduce weight. Um, you know, and a lot of folks are very, especially Americans, especially Americans are defensive mindset. You know, just mm -hmm. look at the, uh, Iraq, uh, all these kids are getting blown up by IEDs. And what do we do? We make the kids wear more armor on their fucking shoulders and, and cocks and hips. And we, th we yeah. throw on more armor on the Humvees. And then, and then we just continue on mission. They're like, I got an idea. How about we kill the fucking assholes making the IEDs? How about we go on the offensive? What a novel uh, concept. Yeah. We, we actually did that. <clears throat> Uh, with, when I was with fifth group in Iraq, we did that. Uh, we had this group that was setting up EFPs, uh, which were really, really fucking nasty things. Basically, copperhead shape charges that would be able to. Oh, it's uh, with something form penetrator, right? Um, yeah. it, Jack Carr talks about it in the terminal list books. Um, yeah, it's like a copper slug, right? And it shoots straight through the vehicle and it just. Yeah, so it's a cone. Um, so the way a shape charge works is it's an inverted cone and the way that shock wave works, it all goes to the center. And because all that power is going in the center it shoots straight out, it's fucking super strong. 
but then it's copper lined so that it's able to penetrate armor. Um, and they were setting up these devices um, not provided by Iran. Um, I mean, they were manufactured EMP, EFPs. They, they were not like made in someone's garage. They were fucking, looked like they came right out of fucking uh, Mattel or Mattel fucking toy company, whatever. It looked like a fucking, whoop, there it is, manufactured EFP. Um, and, and it was modeled after the American Humvee. So the first charge was aimed at the driver. The second charge was aimed at the uh, passenger and or the top gunner. This is the pen. And then the third charge was aimed at the back compartment. Uh, and, and it was measured out perfectly to the American Humvee. Uh, that's why you saw, I don't know if you remember, but like a lot of the Humvees in Iraq, they had this, this big like rhino thing on the front of it. Yeah. And yeah. what it did is it lowered and went to the front so that it would disrupt that EFP. So when it when the EFP went off, is the EFP was based off of those measurements of an American uh, Humvee. But now you have this like whatever the fuck it was, six foot fucking dongle in front of the thing. Mm-hmm. So, when it, so when it went off, the measurements were completely wrong, and it would just go off in front of the the Humvee. But that's uh, crazy! I, I did not even realize that's what that was for. Yep. So, so where we were at, like our, the kids there, like a 24th ID or something like that, they were getting fucked up every day from EFPs. Um, we were stationed there uh, with fifth group and our mission set was completely different from what the FOB was taking care of. Uh, and finally we got fucking sick of it because we would roll out, you know, to do our stuff and we would see these kids on the side of the road, like holding their heads and shit from getting blown up. And they're like, fuck this. And we did a real quick, like one week Intel uh, dump on what the who's doing this and whatever, and put sources out there and figured out who it was. And we went out and fucked them up. We went out and fucked their asses and fucking made them pay for all this shit, rounded up all these dudes, blew up their fucking uh, uh, their sites that they were holding up the night prior to set up these devices, uh, arrested a bunch of dudes, killed a couple guys. And uh, we didn't get EFP'd for the last three months that we were there. Like it was done. Oh, it worked. But, but we did get investigated. Jag uh, came over and started investigating us for going out of whatever our realm of what we were supposed to do. Uh, I remember, you know, the, uh, I was just the JTAC. So, but I remember being in the room because I was setting up for our, one of our next missions. And I remember the Jag officer saying. I'm going to make it my life's mission to put you guys in fucking jail. Wow. That's pretty fucking shitty. Yeah. Pretty awesome. We just saved, you know, uh, whoever knows uh, amount of American lives, three months of not getting killed. And yeah. we had a JAG officer in our, in our fucking talk telling us he's going to put us in jail, which never happened. But well, yeah, I mean, obviously, but that's just, that's, I feel like that's when you get some of the, uh, we call it like the general public. Right. And people have no idea. Right. Like, and, and to a larger extent, like, like, or a large extent, I have no idea. I never served, you know, but uh, people want to bitch about military spending. They want to talk about uh, brutality and, and all these things. And, and then again, there's no context around it. You know, it's very easy to like what this JAG officer, this gentleman, uh, whatever yeah. piece of shit, just unilaterally decided that was gonna be his life's mission because, he assumed or thought that whatever you were doing was wrong. 
And then that's what the kind of messaging that makes it back to the general public and why we end up with situations we do where, you know, everything, you know, oh, we're, we're uh, too aggressive militarily. Um, we need to, you know, um, shift our focus and our policies. And I've talked to several individuals who served and deployed and uh, some that were there at the beginning and the end, right? So you saw how things were at the beginning of the war on terror versus how things ended up, right? Policy about, you know, when you can shoot, when you can shoot and all that stuff. And it's just crazy to me how just, I, I, I guess perverted it's not, or that's probably a bad word for it, but it's, it's just Neutered. fucked up for how a policy changes. And when our goals go from, you know, uh, kill the enemy, keep our troops safe, bring our boys home to, Oh, we need to protect the, the people there. And we assume all guilt regardless of circumstance. Yeah, I, I can't remember where I've more where I expanded on this before, expounded on on war itself. But like, if we decide, we meaning Congress is you know, it's not like the people have a choice in it. If the Congress right. decides to go to war, um, we're gonna fuck everything up because that's what war is. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna kill everything. Like, we'll give fair warning. You know, we'll fly all these aircraft over and drop leaflets, like, get the fuck out. You have a week, and then we're going to fuck everything up. If you're still behind, if you're still there, you know, I'm sorry. War yeah. is supposed to be absolutely atrocious. War, is, war should be a four-letter word. It only has three letters, but it should be a very disgusting and vile and fucking uh, thing that we despise. And it's a thing that we should be the last goddamn resort. And it's not. It's very much been neutered, so it's okay now. Like it's okay. Like we're we're not gonna. It's a diet war. We're gonna kind of like not really go to war. We're gonna diet war. Uh, we're just gonna remove the dictator, and then we'll let it go to shit and let them figure it out. Uh, we won't kill any civilians. We won't do any shit. Well, you're basically asking for like no resolution to anything. You, you're just gonna yeah. go in there and, and dismantle things, and then just let it go to shit. War, Which, how, what do you expect to happen at that point, right? You, you remove the structure that's in place because it's a piece of shit, but then you can't leave it that way. But that's what we do in a lot of instances is just hope that nature will, I don't know, rebuild itself or, or, or something. It's not human nature. That's not how it works. Well, it's even funny. It's even more funny is, uh, you know, within the last 20 years, the, the countries that we did invade, the only thing they understand is power. You know, it, it would be different if, like, we invaded Germany again and then we kind of, like, we decimated the force that was uh, being a shithead or whatever, and then we, we kind of helped the people rebuild. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's just not the case when it comes to uh, the, the culture of, you know, Arabs or Muslims or whatever. Like, they truly appreciate power, absolute power, a dictatorship, so all that kind of shit. So we're in there trying to like make peace with these people and they're looking at us like we're fucking pussies. And, and, and that's just the way they are. It's not a, uh, you know, it's not me talking down to them wherever, like they appreciate authoritative people. So we're sitting in there like killing individuals. And then we come in and we tell them that we're sorry that that happened. You know, I mean, we didn't mean to, to spill blood in your town and the, like the elders, like, Huh? What? You're like, yeah. No, like, you know, I've been 
seeing dead people for fucking 80 years. What are you talking about? Um, they don't appreciate that. They've been, Afghanistan has been conquered for goddamn since its existence. Um, that's all they understand is, is the fist the and the boot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the, it was funny that we get handed, you know, like little Afghanistan pamphlets on, on what to expect with their culture and shit. And then we go in there and try to do this coin mission, uh, counterinsurgency stuff. Uh, and we try to like build them schools and, and make them like us and stuff. Like they don't give a shit. They want like, they don't care. They don't care who's in charge. Taliban, us. They just want peace and they want to be able to you know build things and grow things and you know cut off their daughter's nose if she cheats on them or whatever the fuck their shit goes after and and they just want to be left the fuck alone and when we come in and just tell them like you know we're we apologize and we're doing our best they don't appreciate that shit it's a completely different i actually laugh at like movies that that do or portray uh, like Taliban or Al Qaeda operatives and stuff, and mm-hmm. they, they're very much Westernized in the movies, and it's fucking hilarious. Like that's not how they think. This is ridiculous. Um, it's a different fucking mindset that obviously we can't understand because we can't portray it, we can't counter it, we can't uh, produce any types of tactics or or techniques or procedures that that work with it. Uh, and hence, we get twenty years of fucking war. And here we are. I think- yeah, I think I, I read, I want to say it was Pete Hegseth's most recent book um, where he talked, it, it was, I mean, it was the book itself was based on the educational system here, but it specifically looked at uh, the word they used was paideia um, and drew on like the Middle East and everything. It's, it's, it's a cultural thing. Like it's ingrained in their culture and their society and how they, they think and view the world and um, not saying it either is right or wrong, right? It's just that that's how it is there. And that's why when we tried to your point, right. We try to Westernize everything. Like it doesn't take, it, it's not, they have to buy into it in their way. And just not something that we're, we did a very good job of in that regard. Um, to your point, right. It was just a very large misunderstanding in a lot of ways that just add up to a whole bunch of problems. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's very, very interesting that they would, that they, you know, uh, hire echelon military folks and make this fucking plan and not include an Afghani in that plan. You know, I, I'm yeah, very curious. I'm very curious to, to, uh, to read that book of the individual that talks about this stuff. And like, there was no Afghani or Afghani council or anything to talk about the strategic maneuver with where Afghanistan is going to go. It was just a bunch of white dudes <laughs> talking so about, like, yep. yeah, how we're going to throw in democracy in there and just shove democracy in there and just let them go out and like, okay, yeah, uh, nope, that's not going to work. I didn't, never understood because, I mean, in like business, you bring in experts in other fields all the time to yeah. advise you on how to be successful in that. I mean, look, it's, it's Spiritus, for example. You brought in people that did the things to tell you how to do or how to make the gear for those things better, right? Like, Hey, you've seen, you've seen it all. Where does this fall short? What can we do better? I work in finance and we do it all the time with people all the fucking time for probably way more fucking money than they deserve, but we do it. (laughs) So it's just obnoxious to me that, you know, 
the what could possibly be considered one of the largest businesses in the world in you know the military industrial complex here in the, in America and it's not they don't adopt sometimes that that same way of thinking on some things well you um, see if you solve problems you can't make money off of it so oh you yeah gotta keep rolling. yeah yeah, yeah. Fuck, you're obviously yeah. not a, you're a financial guy but you're not a business guy yeah <laughs> i yeah i i mean i i kind of i kind of despise business a little bit i like what i do but you know <laughs> Full disclosure. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, getting jumping kind of back over to the, I guess, the, the civilian side of things, we we're talking about armor, right? And with your experiences, I mean, I don't know when you were when you were uh, deploying and things, did you wear steel or did you wear like ceramic and stuff is because you hear like the bitch fest about that all the time. Is there really an advantage to wearing steel? No. Period. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I got a friend that I'm going to point that out to very quickly here. So he bug, I'm going to buy like uh, what the fuck is it? Not ceramic, but like the composite plates, right? They're super yeah. lightweight. You can, I'm like, I know they're a little expensive dude, but you're basically just wearing 20 pounds of bullshit. That steel is going to fuck you up, man. Plus go hit a gym, but ne- ne- never, 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 never wear steel plates. Now, is that what hey. you guys started with at the beginning of the war? No, we had ceramic. Like, we, we can, it's a very easy demonstration. We can go to the range, any range out there that has steel, steel targets, and we'll just throw a bunch of fucking watermelons around there or whatever you want. We can throw live critters, whatever you want, and we'll just throw some lead at that thing. And you can decide if you think that steel is a great thing to put on your fucking body when it comes to projectiles. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really dumb. Uh, I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know what to say. Like, uh, if you have been arranged range that has steel to shoot at and you still think that like steel plates um, is a good idea, then I have no idea. You're just not putting two and two together, I guess. It's time to go back to kindergarten. I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, even uh, steel, I mean, a, it's heavy. Spalling is a real consideration. I mean, that's the thing. Like if anybody's ever taken a class where, at least when it happened to me, we were doing like retention shooting, right? At the very end of this indoor range, uh, retention shooting and just the angle. Sometimes you, you know, somebody down the line, you catch a piece of spall or something, nothing crazy, but it's like getting hit in the rock in the face with like a pebble or something, you know, it's like makes you flinch for a second, but then once in a while you get a good one and somebody starts bleeding and you're like, okay, so consider that amplified. And that's one of the issues you deal with, with wearing, you know, we catch it all the time because, um, you know, we were pretty loose on the range with shit, and we would catch stuff like that all the fucking time. Oh, really? All the time. Yeah. No, nothing that was super dangerous, and anyway. guys would get cut and fucking punctured and all that shit. You know, but it wasn't a big deal. But yeah, you know, that shit fucking happens all the time. It's steel, guys. For fuck's sake, it's it's a hard object <clears throat> bouncing off another hard object. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's gonna cause a lot of fucked up issues. Well, that and a lot of carriers now even aren't even aren't aren't designed to carry that much weight because most plates, you know, again, unless you're talking about steel, most plates are like what, six, seven pounds, not 12 to 15. Yeah. You know, and shit starts to fall apart, uh, especially if you haven't spent money on something decent, you know? Um, But I mean, what kind of, I guess, from a gear standpoint, when you guys are developing, uh, 
if you're looking at developing a plate carrier or looking at evaluating like the LV-119, right? You guys have that at Spiritus, been around for, it feels like forever. It's like a flagship in the industry, in the space, right? You're looking at a plate carrier. Does working with steel even come into the conversation anymore? Uh, yeah, you can fit it in there. That's for sure. But it, it may be sagging at the bottom somewhere. Um, so we, we had been issued steel plates for low vis stuff. Really? Um, yeah. Yep. We had them. It was a velocity stuff. Um, and oh, I, yeah, I think I remember what you're, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. They had specific front and back plates. So the back plate was a little bit taller all that shit. Um, and it was stuff that we had and that's all we had. Uh, but guys were pretty adamant about like wrapping it with soft armor. So oh, yeah, typically like the old, old days with like the non-standalone plates, you know, you had your backer soft armor plate to go behind it. Uh, we would actually do the reverse with the steel plates and put the soft armor in front of it. So that in hopes that it hit that plate, it would catch that spalling going in your fucking face. <laughs> um, yeah. Did it work? <laughs> I would assume, I kind of assume. I don't that. know. I don't know. Never got shot. So, <laughs> well, yeah. Good for that. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's the kind of shit. I mean, I've had that conversation uh, around like, oh, why do you need that? Both like people, I feel like outside the, I, I, say, I, I hate saying the community because it kind of makes us sound snobby, you know, but like people that aren't involved in all this, like, why do you need that? Or alternatively, people that have spent the minimum amount of money to gain entry, right? Why do you need that? Play carrier, uh, uh, chest rig, um, a battle belt that isn't a condor, you know? Like, yeah. why do you need that? This works fine. And it's like, dude, because you don't, you don't want shit to fucking fail when you need it to work, right? And while it sits on your shelf while you're not training or practicing or whatever with it, you're going to fucking, you're going to find out real quick why it matters to have good shit there. Right. Uh, things like I, I, I have, I've been, I've gone through my fair share, like the fucking condor shit I've gone through. Well, yeah, the Rothko crap. Um, have, I mean, I've had stuff fail, you know, just fucking fall apart. Is that something you guys dealt with in the military at all? Or like, I mean, it just, it seems like we don't see too much of that, but I know it has to happen at some point. Right. Yeah, for sure. I had, uh, um, the latest generation SNS precision like pouches just literally fall off. Uh, it, oh, shit. it was, it was, uh, I can't remember what I was trying to do with it because I was on, the way, on my way out, but I had it. And uh, I think it was, I would, that's what it was. I was using P mags. Uh, so Magpul P mags put in there. So they, they're obviously ribbed for her pleasure. And <laughs> Yeah. When I had removed one, one of the corner pouches had just come unraveled. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is SNS precision. This shit is like, you have to sell your Bitcoin for SNS precision. Like, their shit is tight. Uh, it's expensive as fuck. And uh, uh, when I had gone over to Spirit of Systems and I had them look at the shit, it's like, yeah, it's this, that, and the other. I, I won't give her any trade secrets. Or it's yeah. like they they use this material with this fucking threading with this material, and it's not just going to fucking work. It's just not working. It was like, holy it was shit! Why easy. the fuck would they do that? It was that like easy. I'm just looking now. 
Yeah, and, and I didn't even like it was brand new shit. Never fucking used it because I didn't care for it was the front magazine placard thing. Didn't really care for it, the new one they had. Um, but I put it on. I was doing, I can't remember what the fuck I was doing. And I put in these fucking P mags. So I maybe put them in and removed them maybe five or six times. And already this corner had unraveled. Like, what the fuck is this shit? And then, you know, uh, the folks at Spears showed me, you know, like, yeah, because this, that, and it. I was like, wow, this shit is expensive as shit. And people keep asking me, like, because I have my, uh, I have my SNS precision rig set up. Because uh, I like the I like the 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 rig itself. Yeah, okay. the pouches is uh, kind of pissed me off. But um, and they're like, should I buy that? Like, fuck no, do not waste your money. <laughs> yeah, avoid like, it at all costs. No, it, it is absolutely fucking not worth your money. You know, let let the government waste their fucking money on this on this group. Buy other shit. There's other shit that's not only less expensive, but it's fucking way better and way more reliable. It's yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I, and I mean, I know we, we get that a lot, right? It's like, oh, buy once, cry once, you get what you pay for. But I mean, did seriously, that doesn't always work. No. You know, I think what yeah. people fail to realize is that once certain once certain companies get that government contract, you know, and they're going to make their money off the government, right? Because they know that they got it. But it, it, they then it's they don't realize it's it's illegal for that that company to turn around and sell it to you for anything less than that same price. So. I mean, yeah, in a lot of instances, like Surefire, right? For, for just one example, like you buy Surefire, yes, you're paying a little bit more than some of the competitors um, because they do have that contract. It's also a really good product with yeah. thousands of guys out there going, fuck yeah, dude, run this shit. It's really good. But that's not always the case. You, you may just be buying some gear that the company won a contract and it, it's just expensive and that's all it is. Like you got to fucking understand what you're buying and maybe do a little bit of research, ask some dudes, find the fuck out before you go blow, you know, however many hundreds hundreds of dollars on your, your rig setup, you know, when you, uh, when you decide that that's a step step you're going to take. I mean, in that regard, do you have recommendations for people if they're looking at trying to get into a full placard setup? I mean, I know obviously the spirit of stuff I really like, but I don't know what your experiences have been with anything else or, don't buy SNS Precision. <laughs> um, I will also say, like, so we we predominantly used uh, Cry Precision while I was in, and it feels like they're going through a slump or something because they're coming out with a lot of shit that really doesn't make a game changer. There's nothing that's really like, oh shit, really needed that. Never thought about that. So I'm kind of confused. Like their JPCs, like I I I would ride with those all day long. Like they're they're good to go. Um, and they and they seem like with their government, like what you're talking about with their government contract type stuff. Like that's they're leaning on because it, the JPC shouldn't cost that much. JPCs are pretty shit. Uh, it should be pretty cheap. It it does. There's not a lot of processes with their that they're play care in there that but make it that expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, like there, there is a reason why I went with Spiritus, why I went and worked for them. It's not for fucking money, you know, it's not to to gain popularity or whatever. Uh, like I believe in their shit. Um, and so do a lot of other folks who are trying to make their way through stuff. 
the unfortunate situation is that, uh, you know, we, we can't get in the system to get in like an NSN. And if you don't have these certain things to get in the system, uh, individuals who can make decisions on who it is, gonna, they're going to be standardized as equipment. Um, you know, they're just not going to pick you. So we have like bunches of units that are in the process of trying to standardize our equipment as standard issue. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but it, it's just time consuming. Uh, a lot of folks are like, well, this thing works just fine. And we already have a system. So why even put effort into another thing? And then those, those teams just like, whatever, fuck it. And they make their own, you know, government purchases. Um, so it's a, it's a thing. It's a cultural change, whatever. Spiritists will get it. They'll get it. Like eventually they'll, they'll come around and, and figure out like what's the new uh, and they'll come around and they'll make that shit happen. Um, it, yeah. I mean, it seems like everything you guys come out with is it's well thought out. It's not kind of like to your point about cry, which sounds like dog on cry or anything, but it does seem like sometimes companies like that, they'll just come out with something new just to like fill the gap and check the box of, yeah, we had something new shot show, come check it out. It's awesome. Yeah. Doesn't actually improve anything. And in a lot of cases, like, like a great example right now is what we're seeing with, uh, with SIG, you know, like everybody's on the SIG train now it's, Oh, you gotta have it. But you look like, was it three, four years ago, whenever they came out with the 365 and the 320, and like every one of those things had to be recalled. They just hurried up and got it to market so they could have it in time for shot show. They had firing pin problems. They had drop safety problems. And it's like, you know, it's just, it's one of those things you got to like, you got to look into it and you got to research it. The big name company is not always the one you should go with. I mean, everybody does some things pretty well, but I think Spiritus does a really good job uh, with how well thought out things are. They fill that when you guys release a product, it fills a gap. It addresses a issue. There's a reason for it. Not just like, Hey, we redid this pouch. It's got two zippers instead of one, like check it out. Like sweet man. Thanks. How much is this? $80. I'm like, no, I mean, if there's something, if there's a reason for it, cool. But like, I like that you guys moved with the, was it the, the Mark? Yeah. Mark five. Right. So now it's all modular. Hey, if you don't want the front flap, you don't need it. You don't have to swap over everything. Uh, if you want the, cause I, I hate and I get, I get shit for this, but I hate the bungee retention stuff on my, uh, on my mags. People that have done it tell me it's stupid and that no, it's you, you, you don't need it unless you're gonna like jump out of an airplane or whatever. You don't need my retention system. Well, and that's that was my that was kind of my point. I'm like, dude, I'm I'm like a dirty civilian. Like I don't I'm not gonna be like you know running over you know shit or jumping out of anything. And guys like, well, yeah, just wait till you go for a roll down a hill and you yard sale all your shit. I'm like, dude, what I live hill? in fucking suburbia. You know how what far hill? I to find a hill <laughs> exactly i'll do um you know i'm gonna do a video of that shit like people are so this is something worth talking about people just go fucking balls to the wall of like certain fucking things of you know yeah. what if your magazine falls out like uh so the retention system came around because of guys who are doing airborne operation type stuff yeah. like that's 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 the amount of force that it takes to throw a magazine out of uh, the elastic retention things we already have going on. 
So if you if you're talking about like taking your trip on the curb and you're managing your display out, uh, then you need a different company making your equipment. Like that's no. The retention system was meant for guys doing airborne operations and maritime type stuff. You know, guys that are like actually getting jerked the fuck around, not just falling down type things. So no. For what you're doing, you don't need any elastic retention system type thing. It's yeah, I mean, just that, or the uh you know the what the vel the old school shit, the, the velcro flaps on everything and and yeah. I'm like, you know, like I like the the mag pouch from uh from STAC, you know, the, the, the Kydex insert and everything. I'm like, that's always been more than enough for me. I've never had any issues with that. Honestly, I kind of, I hate the, 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 the Velcro flap because when I did try running it, it always just fucking got in the way, you know, like I would like tuck one back for a speed reload or easy access, whatever, and flip the other one down. And it just it ended up being more of a problem than it was worth in my experience. Um, I mean, I, I could see what people are saying. Like, yeah, if, if I did like, but to your point, right what fucking hill like I, I live in the middle of suburbia you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna have that issue and it's really not a consideration for me plus to your point there's enough retention on a lot of this stuff these days like you I, it, it, it yeah i mean you're, you're you hit the nail on the head it, it's like uh I, I don't know if this was your post or somebody else posted it's like those kind of guys that got hung up on the magpul dynamics videos and that's how they learn how to do everything. And that's the way they're going to do everything till the end of time. So, and, and it's like, yeah, man, that the mag, was it the mag, the mag pull mag flip when you're, uh, when you're shaking the mag out of the, out of the mag. Well, it's like, yeah. yeah, man, that was, that was the hotness. And that's do like all, like all love and respect to, uh, Haley and Costa. Like those guys are legit, but are they, I mean, well, times have changed. I mean, you know, we certainly, I think learned a lot more. I think they're nice guys. I've never really met either one of them, but they seem like nice people. Yeah. So my, my big stink when I was in the military is like the whole nice guy thing or good dude kind of thing. I would ask folks like, how is he? And he's like, yeah, he's a good dude. They're like, I don't give a shit. Like when it, this is a yeah. life and death type of thing. Like, I don't give a shit if you're a good dude. Like I need to know who he is. Is he, was he solid? Is he a killer? They're like, well, I mean, no, he's a nice guy. He's a good dude. Like, I don't. So the good dude thing, like, well, now it means something to me because I'm out. When I was in, the whole good dude thing doesn't mean fuck all to me. Like, I right. needed killers. I needed guys who were focused. I needed guys who were going to make the right decisions. Outside the military, yeah, good dudes. Guys who are going to pick up trash, you know, guys who are going to. You know, see a penny on the ground and pick it up and flip it and say, oh, heads. Great. You know, kind of shit. Um, that's great. Good dudes on the, in the real world. When it comes to things that, like, uh, determine my life or the life of my family and stuff, I don't give a fuck if you're a good person. I don't give a shit. I need to know the ins and outs of protecting me and my family. So the, the whole good dude thing, I, you know, I know you're like, I'm ambushing you with the shit, but I'm just, no, <laughs> like, no, dude, I love it. No, I, I like, I used to love it. Like, Hey, how's that guy doing? Oh, he's a good dude. And like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. How is that guy? Is he scored the fuck away? Is he solid with this shit? Because a lot of those dudes, you know, are assholes. Is there sometimes they're arrogant as fuck or sometimes, 
<clears throat> sometimes they've been around the block. And, you know, they have so many fucking head injuries that they uh, they don't know what they're doing. They just fucking hate everything or whatever the fuck. But they're solid as shit. On target, they're the fucking most solid dudes on the planet. And I would take them over any dude who would save a kitten from a fucking fire. You know, uh, so the whole like he's a good dude thing, like I the, expect a follow up question, you know, just <laughs> that's no, not good I, enough for me. Dude, absolutely. I think you, you got to ask the right you got to ask the right fucking questions. And I think some people get really upset over some of that crap. Like, oh, yeah, I took a class and, and whatever. Fill in the blank instructor. He's kind of an asshole. He yelled a lot or something. And to an extent, I get it because. I think you, that for better or worse, right. You have to approach the civilian training side of things a little bit differently than the military side yeah, of things. Of course. Yeah. Um, you know, just cause, just cause that's how it is, you know, but at the same time, like you have to look at, like I said, asking the right question, like you're here to learn from this man or woman could be a woman, you know, but learn from this individual, right. Or something else. Oh yeah, or uh, you know, sorry, uh, beat, bop, boop, or yeah, whatever the fuck, however you identify. Z, Z, the Z's or yeah, uh, it's. I mean, and that's the question you need to ask is like, all right, am I going to learn? You know, and that's what I'm here for. Are they going to be able to effectively communicate with me and effectively teach me how to be better at? I mean, fuck, it could be, it could be anything. You know, it doesn't have to be gunfighting. It could be music, right? Are they going to get me to be better at the drums, the guitar, you know, uh, at math, like who it, it's an irrelevant, you know, it, are they going to help me get better? Those are the questions you need to ask. And I feel like sometimes people get so hung up on like, well, I went to the class and I was really uncomfortable and I'm like, well, you know, I mean, to some degree that's important, but yeah, you know, you gotta, did you learn a lot? Like, well, I mean, yeah, I did. Like, well then do, wasn't it worth it then? Don't you think that walking away from this in a better position than you walked in that's a positive. And I think that's just indicative of our current, you know, culture and society is that people get so fucking offended about absolutely fucking everything. Uh, because, Oh, my, my feelings are hurt. Like, well, good. You know, you're, you claim to be here taking this course or, or carrying this firearm to quote, protect yourself and your family. You're doing a piss poor fucking job in, you know, whatever regard that is. Don't you think someone, wouldn't you want someone to point that out? in a level that effectively communicates the severity of how bad you're fucking up. Like the, we were talking about earlier, you know, a uh, loaded gun under the guy's arm to drag him away. Like, wouldn't you want someone to let you know exactly how fucked that is? Yeah. Or are you just going to want somebody to go, Hey man, I don't know if that's quite safe. I don't think that that statement in itself to your point, right. Quite communicates the, uh, the urgency uh, and the importance of the matter. So, I mean, I, 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 I feel you that, that makes sense. You know, and I think that, um, in this space, we get a lot of that shit, unfortunately, you know, where there's guys that they have like their Instagram personality, right. Yep. And then they have their actual personality. Um, fortunately, I don't, I haven't really run into too much of it. I've seen a lot of it. I've had one instance of an instructor who I really wanted to learn from. And, uh, after interacting with him, even just digitally guy was kind of a giant cock bag and i'm like that's it you're off the list never i don't want to hear what you have to say Dude, you gotta throw it out there you gotta tell us who it is no nah, i mean, we can talk offline i'll, I'll talk okay, about it. But, right. you know i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to rag on anyone too hard but uh i mean i've heard pretty bad things about the instructor not enough to tell somebody they shouldn't take a class necessarily but 
that's because I don't think I don't have, uh, I don't even feel bad saying this. Like I, I'm a, I'm a nobody. Like I don't shoot particularly better than anyone. I don't, I too am a nobody. I I am retired. I am nobody. Yeah. I'm actually about to be a a stay at home dad. I'm a nobody. You're going to be a stay at home dad. Good for you, man. Yeah. That's I actually had that conversation today with a coworker who told me how important it is that I should have kids because they'll help me work out some issues or something. It's like, I don't know. That's really, that's not no. the the reason to have kids is not to work out your own shit. (laughs) The reason I have to mow the lawn. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Without payment. Um, The reason I have kids is to fucking make the next fucking bit better for the rest of everyone else. Like, holy shit. Unless that was a joke, then I'm over totally over myself. But like, no, no, she wasn't joking when she told me that. I was like, I don't oh, know. Fuck that, Brad. I don't fuck her. No, nah, she's a nice lady. She meant well. I just didn't. I don't her. give a shit. Yeah. Nice lady. <laughs> she she is. She's good at her job too. She is really good at her job. Oh great. Oh but great. <laughs> she is very liberal though, and we'll say that. So maybe somebody will question mark behind all of that shit, you know. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what the fuck you're we talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, from a, I guess it's social media and, you know, training all this good stuff. Um, if somebody let's, let's put it this way. If somebody that has literally bought their first, their first rifle and they've decided like they talked to a friend, like, Hey, I want to do all this shit. I'm all about it. I'm balls deep in the idea of protecting my family what would you reckon? What would you say to that person next? What I say to them next is get fucking like, training. Yeah, it, it, I mean, so. it's a matter of a simplistic fucking shit. So this is what we did. Uh, myself and Mike at Praecor did with our distance carbine stuff. When we call it that, because um, folks would be highly like distracted by the fact that we call it like basic training mm-hmm. because this, this is what like infantrymen should be taught. Um, you, you don't want to get into a gunfight at your typical 50 meter, 25 meter range, which is what everyone goes to. Everyone's all about like speed times, timers. Like I need to buy a timer so I can time my reloads yeah. time my speeds between guilty. each shot. And like, I do it. Like, I'm definitely guilty. If you're doing that shit, you're going to die. You might get a couple of them. You're going to die. So th- that is just evening the odds. All right. So let's say a hundred meters. I'm in a hundred meter bay and there's all kinds of Big time companies won't name any that absolutely promote all their shit about 100 meter within shooting, all competition type stuff. If you have come within that distance with the enemy, it doesn't matter how skillful you are, doesn't matter how fucking badass you are, doesn't matter how many shot timers you have going at the moment that you engage that engagement or whatever. You're going to die. You're going to get fucked up. You're going to die. It, this isn't rust. This isn't fucking Call of Duty. Um, you're not that fucking great. You're going to fucking get pinged with something. So if you allow someone, someone's a unit, whatever, to get within that 
distance to you, you're going to fucking die. So what you should do, and don't listen to me because I'm just an Air Force guy, but what you should do um, is to go back to your roots, which is kind of funny. It's not funny, but it, it, it's very convenient how this, this all worked out. But like the way we fucking just destroyed the British Army is with our marksmen and, the, and maximizing the distance with our uh, cap and ball fucking rifles. Uh, well, they weren't caps then, they were flint, flint lock rifles, but yeah. um, maximizing the capability of those and uh, the marksmanship with our fucking American brethren. And being able to hit a specific individual at a certain distance and then at a distance that was thought, you know, not capable of a flint and lock fucking uh, rifle. And they just capitalized on that because the British were all high and mighty with their blue best fucking rifles. Uh, they believe that, you know, we're at a safe distance, blah, blah, blah. And then Americans just crush motherfuckers. So myself and Mike at Prayer Corps are like, we need to. We need to step the shit back because we were teaching long range distance stuff, uh, which is an expensive gig these days. We're like, let, let's get like let's get modern Minutemen riflemen type shit. Understand the rifle that you have. So there's no there's no minimum uh, barrel length or you know gas length or whatever. We don't give a shit. Bring the rifle that you have. Mm-hmm. And with the ammunition that you have, like bring the ammunition that you have surplus in and you have access to. Everyone's like, what ammo should I bring? Should I bring 77 grain? Like, I don't know. Do you have the money to pay for that shit? And do you have an access point that allows you to buy, you know, a plethora, if you will? Probably of that not. Stuff? It's probably, probably the 55 not. grain crap. Yeah. yeah. That we all have a ton of. Buy the 55 grain crap. We will show you, you can engage targets of 700 meters of that shit. So, like, that was the point of all that stuff when we came up with the distance carving. We kind of, like, I jokingly told Mike I want to rename it to, like, you know, Rifleman Basic Training 1 type shit. Yeah. It's See, like, that's, it's, it, and that's the kind of shit I think that people need more of, honestly, especially because you see so, and I, I mean, I use the hashtag, but, like, everybody throws it up. Like, hashtag Recky Rifle, man. Like, I'm going to throw my 1 to 10 on this, like, 10 inch gun and it's cool it's cool looking but like do you know how to use it do you know how to read your reticle do you know how to how to shoot out past 200 yards like i i personally don't but you know i i mean that's that's where i think people fall short is because it's not the like you're saying you know the 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 shot timer shit the cool sexy stuff like how do you do a video of shooting out to 700 yards and make that look that's boring super super enticing um i mean you can for about 10 seconds right and like we were saying earlier you know dinger goes off on the microwave and then you're on to the next thing because well I, i got that i don't need any more of that right but to your point like that's that's what's applicable like you're gonna run a fucking scope on your gun you have the magnification, like you should know how to even, even not, you know, cause I think with effective range on irons should be what, like 200, 250. Nope. nope. No. Way beyond that. that. Yeah. I'd, well, that shows how much I know about shooting with irons. I, I definitely, I definitely committed that sin and jumped straight up to yeah. an optic. When it comes between like between irons and like a red dot system, 
irons are actually better for long range. Really? Yep. Then uh, well, you know, I guess that I guess that would a smaller like with that. I'm thinking, you know, that rear sight aperture. I guess that that probably makes more sense then. Yeah, yeah. If you're really smart on the on the specific irons that you're using, um, because there's you know like everything else, there's 700 different systems out there of of who's doing what. The thickness of the, of the front sight, the 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 aperture of the rear sight, like there's whole kinds of different shit going on. But if you if you find this specific system that fits you, whether it's Knights or or whoever, um, and you you learn its specific system, you can fucking range targets. You can fucking be able to shoot targets. Uh, no big deal with your shit. There, there's just a big misconception with folks. Uh, it's with whatever caliber, with what whatever optic, and I don't fucking get it. I don't understand it. It's just a matter of how much time you want to spend on those specific things. I mean, you can have an 11 and a half inch barrel with a one to eight optic uh, and, and make shit happen. Just doesn't fucking matter. Um, you can have a fucking 16 inch barrel with iron sights and make shit happen out the distance. It doesn't fucking matter. It's just a matter of how much time you're willing to put into those combinations, whatever it is. Yeah, uh, you just got to learn your rifle. So quit having like seven different rifles for seven different fucking, you know, different objectives yeah. or whatever it is. Just have one. Learn the fuck out of that one, and you can make it work for anything that you're fucking doing. Dude, that shit kills me. Like I have two, and I think my wife had one. Technically, she has two now, only because I had a bunch of spare parts, and that was on my COVID projects. Was I learned how to like assemble an upper. And then uh, I just bought a lower because it had been two years and I hadn't gotten around to building a lower. So I'm like, all right, at least it's functional now. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, the guy's like, yeah, I got, you know, I have this huge safe that holds, you know, 50 guns. I'm like, why do you need that? I'm like, dude, because I got 23. I'm like, for what? What could you possibly be doing that you need 23 different rifles for? And I get shit like, well, I want to have one in each different caliber. Or I got my long distance gun. I got my medium distance gun. I got my fuck somebody who comes into the house gun. I'm like, wait, you keep your shit hits the fan gun locked up in the safe on the other side of the house from you. Well, I mean, I don't want anybody to grab it. Like, You see the the problem with that? Anybody like you, you don't want to grab it. It's like, do you want to be able to get it quickly? Yeah. But yeah, I don't understand that. And it's so much fucking money. Like, People, I think sometimes they see like the guys on YouTube that have all that shit and they're like, I need to have all that too. Like, no, you don't, man. Like, you're not going to use it. You're really not. It's going to be fucking expensive paperweight. It's going to sit there. Like, I have two rifles and I shoot one a lot. The other one, I don't. It just fucking sits there most of the time. It's really not necessary. And if I had had the foresight when I bought my first one to buy a shorter barrel like I wanted after the fact, like, I probably wouldn't. I'd still probably have just the one you know, save the money. Why, why waste it? I don't, that, that's something that never really made, uh, made a lot of sense to me. You know, same with like handguns. Gotta have a nine, gotta have a 40, gotta have a 45. Like, well, no, like it's a nostalgia thing and I get it. Like folks want to have, you know, guns are fucking cool as shit. I get that. Yeah. You know, I have a 1911 in there. 
I don't ever carry anything <laughs> ever. Exactly. But I have it in there. It's that's what I was awesome. going to say. That's the one caveat. As an American, I feel like it's your like duty that you show an icon. <laughs> like you should yeah. just have to have one for nostalgic purposes and uh, like putts around with every now and again at the range. And that's it. And then like put the fucking boat anchor away and you don't need to, you don't need to carry it and you do anything with it. I mean, they're yeah. fun as hell to shoot, but like I, I carry a Glock, like I'm, I'm good with that. That's fine for me, you know, but um, yeah. So dude, we're, we're kind of coming up to the, uh, it's almost been like 90 minutes actually hard to believe. Um, but uh, I thank you for, for coming on and making the time. We should do this again. Definitely. Um, yeah. Too easy. Yeah, I do. I, I appreciate it. And so many different things that we, that we dug into here uh, before I kind of, before I, I pull the plug on us here, just if you can tell the listeners where they can, where they can find you on social media, uh, anything like that, they can check out what you're doing, man. Yep. So I am under accounting coup tactical. So under each word underscore, so counting coup, counting underscore coup underscore tactical. Um, and I am in conjunction with, Core with Mike on setting up classes. And right now, all we're doing is uh, long distance stuff with, you know, high caliber stuff. And then also precision carbine, which I hate to say that, but me and Mike kind of shill of that. It's not precision carbine. It's like literally infantryman 101 shit. Because the, the carbine that you have is way more capable than you think of. But yeah. whatever, um, it, it's kind of, we leave it as an eye opener, folks, and that's okay. And we just publish that shit. Like, whenever we get a location locked down, we'll publish that thing, uh, either on myself or prayer core. Um, and there you go. We'll have the fucking classes set up. You can bring whatever gap you got. We'll push, we'll awesome. push it out in 700. That's fucking awesome. That's good shit, man. Uh, and I do, I, I really appreciate it. Um, this has been awesome and, uh, I definitely look forward to having you back on in the future, man. All right. No worries. All right, sir. Thanks again. So that was my conversation with Fred from spirit of systems. And I mean, <clears throat> just so much information, uh, and one of the most just straight shooting people I, I think I've ever met and had the, uh, the privilege of of interviewing and bringing on to the podcast here um you know i think when we i think when we look at uh social media as a whole and uh where we get our information things like this podcast things like influencers things like you know where do i learn where do i find you know, even where to find out what kinds of questions to ask so i even know where to start with what to learn things like that i think Dude, dudes like Fred are are some of the people you need to seek out, you know, and that's what makes it tough. You know, it, it's not as cut and dry as I think a lot of us would like it to be, because um, there's and we talk we talked about it, you know, in this in this conversation. There's some people out there teaching some shit that's just straight up dangerous, and will just actually do a a better job of putting you in danger than than putting you out of it. Um, he tells it like it is, man, and you know uh, he he has seen a lot and he's done a lot and he has the perspective to provide additional detail, um, you know, around a lot of the things that people are talking about on, on the internet, you know? So, uh, 
I certainly prescribe to the same, you know, theories and methodologies uh, that a lot of people do. You know, there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? Uh, that context and, and nuance and considerations are all things that you have to take into account when you're making decisions around training or, uh, you know, God forbid, acting on a life and death situation. But what I will say is that, you know, maybe search out some of the people that have been through it and can can shed some light, you know, on, hey, this is what I do. And this is why, man. Here's here's the information you're not going to get from uh, the the Insta-famous guy that's just doing this for clicks or from the YouTube star that hasn't actually deployed, you know, or, uh, you know, doesn't, doesn't have that experience, you know. Uh, and that's not to say it's everything, but it's certainly something. And it's a pretty, it's a pretty big something, you know. It, it speaks volumes. Uh, and if you guys haven't checked out uh, Fred's Instagram account, that's that's where I became familiar with what Fred's to, uh, doing and, and teaching and preaching, really. Uh, at counting underscore underscore coup underscore tactical. Um, go check out what he's doing. He's got a lot of reels on there, which I think verbal dialogue is a lot easier to digest than just reading paragraphs, uh, of, of information that people, uh, attach to pictures and videos sometimes. Um, especially when you get into things like, you know, weapons manipulation, uh, gear manipulation, nonverbal and verbal communication, optics, mounts, you know, and then of course, duh, shooting. Um, so Fred has a ton of content out there and is a, a wealth of information. You, you know, I highly recommend you seek him out. I'm not telling you you have to listen to everything that he says. You know, obviously you do you, do you but I think uh, you'd learn a lot. You know, definitely worth checking out. And I, uh, I consider myself privileged to be able to have gotten some of his time to bring him on the pod here. He's doing a lot of really, really cool things. And I look forward to trying to, to, to bring him back on. You know, see if our, our schedules line up before the end of the year here. And if we're, we're not able to get him back on to talk more. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I certainly did. Uh, I definitely learned things. Uh, that's that's the cool part when I do these these episodes and have these kinds of conversations with legit dudes like this is that I get to learn, you know, right along uh, right along with all of y'all, right? I never uh, served. I'm not law enforcement. I'm just a filthy civilian um, with a passion for for learning and wanting to know more and and do better. So. Um, sincerely hope that you guys enjoyed it and, uh, we're going to have more coming at you guys the next couple weeks. So stay tuned for more of that. But until then get out there, work hard, train smarter. And like we always say here, be prepared. Be prepared.